The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, so you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. The in-dash OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. Thanks for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. My name is Steven Jodderin. Joining me, as always, Jake Watroba and Armand Kafai. On today's episode of Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, we recap MLS's opening weekend, plus an international segment of the counterattack with Jake Watroba. Now, before we get to today's show, go ahead and follow us on the Twitter machine at Uncle Sam's Soccer Pod. Hit that subscribe button, wherever that may be. Leave us a five-star review and enjoy the show. Now, let's get to today's show. Fellas, how are we doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, You know, just always working. What about you, you, Jake? How are you doing out there? We're doing fine. We're doing fine here uh, tonight. How are you doing, Steven? Doing well, listeners. Go back and listen to our fantastic interviews with USL Vice President Stephen Short and Detroit City FC coach Trevor James. Jake, you were there when we interviewed Trevor. Fantastic guy. Real interesting story. I just just wanted to get some extended thoughts now that the show's been published from you since you you were there. Well, yeah, that was like the first time... This show has interviewed somebody with as an extensive background in the game as he does, you know, coming as a player with Ipswich Ipswich Town over in England and then scouting for clubs like Barcelona, Newcastle, Porto, Lisbon, and then making his way to America to then be the assistant coach. And I believe he was the interim head coach for a little bit for the LA Galaxy. You know, he was the head of the Galaxy's academy and then had a couple stints with portland timbers and chicago fire respectively and then was the technical director in the 11 yeah i mean he he, like he had been at almost every possible level of soccer you could imagine and he is so much uh interesting perspective and and just a you know he has a very unique way of looking at the game just as you know as a head as a head coach or as somebody who's ran an academy or as a scout or even as a player and i like I don't think there are too many guys who can who can talk about the game the way Trevor James can. Yeah, no, I th- I think it was an interesting insight into the world of coaching, just because he talked about the different dynamics of a soccer club and how it seems or he gets the feeling that coaches within U.S. soccer tend to gear more to becoming 
or wanting to become first team managers rather than finding coaches for developmental purposes. And I think that was an interesting dynamic that he provided and, and spoke about. And I think this is something that U.S. soccer could definitely improve his coaching. But let's move it on to MLS's opening weekend. Armand, you were at FC Dallas Revs. Was there a buzz with FC Dallas and the opening weekend for MLS, in, in generally speaking, with the people you were talking to and interacting with? Yeah, but that's because people take too much stock into preseason. Um, just, <laughs> I mean, plain, plain, plain and simple. I mean, Luchi Gonzalez told me quite literally on Monday, hey, look, that game still felt like preseason to us because we've only played one team, one legitimate first team. And I I, I remember I actually told Joseph this. I, me and Joseph were chatting, and I was like, dude, I can't take any stock into these games. Like, why? I'm like, you're playing the Real Monarchs and Red Bull too. Like, how can you take how can you take stocks in, into these matches? Like, it, it's tough. So, I mean, there was a buzz. And then when they, when they struggled, they couldn't break down the Revolution's low block. Everyone's like, wow, what happened? This team was so good in preseason. It's because you don't take that much talk into preseason. You, you got to, especially, you know, with Dallas, they weren't playing anyone, you know, like amazing. So who's our competition? They played a Seattle first team once, and that was about it. I mean, there was a little bit of a buzz because you saw a couple, you know, kids play here or there. But I think people, I feel, have to realize there's going to be a little bit more struggle before you get to see the beauty of uh, Luchi Gall's system, if we ever even actually see that. Armand, yeah, we, we clearly on the show did not talk much of preseason apart from the one game that you liked to highlight, the Las Vegas Lights dismantling Toronto. But Toronto beat Philadelphia 3-1, a couple of their notable scores. Obviously, you had, I don't know, a snowball, uh, blizzard, Colorado 3, Portland 3, which was a fun game to watch. I know some of the players complained about playing the game to begin with. Los Angeles Galaxy beat the Chicago Fire 2-1. And then poor old FC Cincinnati getting just walloped on national television. 4-1 to the Seattle Sounders. And then Sunday, the only team not to score Atlanta United uh, got beat by DC United 2-0. And then LAFC said, Diao, you later, Sporting KC with 2-1 victory. Guess see what I did there? Ha, ha, ha. Cool. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, Jake, let me ask you this. Can we make yeah. any, anything of these scores? Or just I, I, these games in general after week one? Can we make anything of these scores? Um, depends on who you ask. I mean, do you want to have hot takes? You want to, you want to come in hot? Come and on, have bring, some, give uh, us, give us the hot takes. At this point, there's no holding. Hook back. it to my veins. Yeah, I, I. I don't think you really can take anything away from these score lines. <laughs> Set you guys up for that one, didn't I? I don't know. I watched a few games this weekend. I, I watched the first half of Columbus Crew and, and New York Red Bull. I thought Columbus Crew looked very they, – they played very well for that, that first half. Now, I didn't watch the second half, so I apologize. Maybe they looked terrible in the second half. But for the first half, and obviously they were playing against basically you know Red Bulls too. But that first half, they looked pretty good under under Caleb Porter. They were – uh, very dangerous on the uh, on the flanks. They were uh, getting balls into the box. So I, I think you can look at it from a Columbus Crew perspective. And I know I said this in our preview show or prediction, whatever show it was, that they were going to be a team I was going to look uh, look forward to watching this season. And they looked like they, they could be a fun team to watch. And they might surprise some people this year. I mean, you can also look at DC United. I mean, you guys both watched that game probably more so than I did. 
And I think, Stephen, you alluded to this. D.C. United looked really good. No, yeah. I think they, they looked like a team that knew what they were wanting to do on the field. But here, overall, I think what you can take away from week one is every club is at a different point. What you can tell, I think, is there are clubs who play soccer or football at a beautiful level. DC United played the game at that level where it's fun to watch. Now, yes, that's got to do with the stadium. It's got to do part in which who they're playing. But LAFC, Sporting KC, I think that was high-level soccer. Then you turn over and watch other games, and you're like, ooh, this is awful. In parts, I thought FC Dallas Revs was boring to watch. And I think that's the dynamic in which the league is going to spin around. You will have these marquee matchups on the on Sunday nights. ESPN or FS1 that is going to lay, raise the level of soccer. Will they translate into TV numbers? I don't know. We'll talk about that in a second. But that is, I think, the big talking point is that the game continues to become more layered. It becomes more fascinating. The skill, you know, Acosta for DC United. I mean, he was just making moves. You can just tell that he was supposed to be playing for PSG, who probably could have used him quite frankly, in the Champions League today. I yeah, I mean, if we're... <laughs> I mean, they could have. I mean, honestly, they could have. But if you want to say if we can take anything out of these scores, I mean, you could you could put some teams on your ESPN plus, like, game like team to watch. Like, oh, I'm going to go Great circle point. this game and go, yeah. like, watch some teams. Like, 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 you could go through and, like, I know I circled Colorado on my list. Um, also kind of intrigued, again, like, DC United and... You know, I have to throw in a little bit of uh, I, I would have to say some Columbus crew as well. I mean, I think all those, you can throw some teams on there. But, I mean, outside of that, I mean, we saw Seattle almost basically be in last place and make a run for MLS Cup. So, can we really can we really yeah, make no. anything out of this? For, no. 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 Playoff no, city you, was you not must, determined today at all. But you must, you must, you must agree, though, that when, if, if you're, you know, these teams winning these early games are essential. No, I think you this, look at a you, team like Minnesota United have been terrible the last two years, and, and, and you know, a three points out of the gate that's that's good for three, momentum. Three, point, three points out of the gate and three points on the road. Let's not forget that was a road win. That's a that's a huge a huge result on the road. And again, these early games are, are I think are huge for these away teams because you have the home teams are still trying to figure out what's going on. Some of them, for example, FC Dallas and Luchi Gonzalez, they're still trying to figure out their system. Mark DeSantos and Vancouver Whitecaps. They're still trying to figure out their system. So, I mean, those early away games against the teams with new coaches or uh, FC Cincinnati are going to be crucial to, you know, accumulating those points, especially towards the end of the season where, you know, you start getting fatigued, you start playing in the summer, you know, a road game against FC uh, against FC Dallas in July in the heat turns into a massive home field advantage for them compared to, you know, a game early on right now where they're still acclimating to their system. So, I mean, I do agree they help, but, like, in the overall game scheme of things, there's nothing we can really make from these scores. No, I, I will add, now, listeners, we are recording this Wednesday evening during CONCACAF Champions League, and I would have said this on Sunday. These early games would, you know, picking up points early on benefit the team that would make that deep run in the CONCACAF Champions League. Now, at the moment, it appears every MLS team is going to be bowing out after the second round or the or the quarterfinals so I mean, not every team i mean you have skc they're they're only one they should get one goal at home and they'll probably put a more full strength team and no, i know you're right one but, I think, but but i i do think 
that if you do get some points early on, Toronto FC last year, the beginning of the MLS season absolutely destroyed them because when they right. did try to get healthy, they had so much ground to make. Now, DC United is the exception to this rule. I mean, they made up so much ground in such a short amount of time. Well, they also played like 15 home games yeah, and, in their final and, 17 and then you matches, the, right. whatever it was. So, I don't know. It, it, it's one of those things that MLS needs to figure out is how to make these games early on mean more. Anyway, a, a big talking point was MLS's TV ratings. Now I'm reading from worldsoccertalk.com. Christopher Harris, headline, MLS begins 2019 season with disappointing TV ratings on ESPN, FS1, and Univision. Now, uh, quickly, Jake and Armand, did you guys think the games were entertaining, DC United, Atlanta, yes or no? I would say DC United, Atlanta, a little, but SKC and uh, uh, LAFC was a little bit more entertaining in terms of, you know, Okay, skill. what about on FS1, LA Galaxy, Chicago, yes or no? Uh, for me, I did not really care so much to watch that game. I had a hard time uh, giving a rat's belief about it. But you, Steven, said it was a great game. So I, will, I, I mean, you, know, yeah, you I, love I, Ibra. I, I love Ibra. I think there's just the drama of him scoring a wonder goal. And the crowd obviously reacts to him. Also, Bastian Schweinsteiger. We'll talk about the kid. Uh, but I it's thought... the fire. It's the fire. Like, like no offense to the fire. Because, you know, Jordi Mahalovic has been playing really well. You know, they're looking to add some pieces. But, like, the fire aren't sexy. Like, come on. Like, I, I don't think I don't I'm think talking about the game. The game itself. I know it was a, a sexy headline. It's opening weekend. You might as well tune in to see what the teams are about. But I mean, anyway, I, we're we're yeah, distracting ourselves. I'm just asking if the game was entertaining. Seattle F, uh, FC Cincinnati. Yes or no? Entertaining game. No. Uh, no okay. No. Th- that's it. No. I don't. I don't need your butts. No. <laughs> What do you mean? You, you can't tell me you weren't at least intrigued to watch FC Cincinnati. For I wasn't because just... they're going to be terrible. Okay, so. for for after once the scoreline went to two to one, I knew it was over. Once Seattle got that second goal, everyone knew it was over. Anyway, I'm reading off this story: WorldSoccerTalk.com. Major League Soccer has kicked off 2019 right where it finished the 2018 regular season with disappointing TV viewing numbers on English language television across. Both ESPN and Fox Sports, and a surprising drop in viewership on Spanish language Univision Deportes. Now, here here are some uh, some of the numbers: down twenty four percent on Univision for Orlando NYCFC, down thirteen percent on ESPN for DC United and Atlanta United, up six percent for LA Galaxy Chicago and Seattle Cincinnati on FS1. Now, the story goes on to say, while the 6% increase on FS1 might seem positive, the average of 186000 for both games on a Saturday night was far below expectations given the teams were featured during prime time on the East Coast and the West Coast. Which I personally think, what are the expectations with these TV numbers? So I, the story says they were far below expectations, but doesn't tell us what the expectation line was. So are we, you know, wanting two million people watching this game or one million? I, there's no context to the expectations there. So my one gripe with it, but guys, it doesn't look good after week one, particularly when it is opening weekend. And this is a relevant story because Ian Thomas, a contributor to 
Sports Business Journal tweeted out March 4th, MLS has instructed all of its clubs not to have local broadcast deals beyond 2022 as the league looks to potentially bundle any combo of its national, international, local rights to maximize its next broadcast deal. Guys, this has to be a worry for MLS. Yeah, I mean, the ratings suck. I mean, lack of a better word, they suck. But, I mean, the thing with World Soccer Talk is they kind of have something against MLS. It's pretty weird. So, I mean, they might try to skew everything in a negative way. Like you said, the expectations, they didn't list them or anything. Look, I think... The ratings are not good are not good enough, but hey, like I hate to be that guy, but it's it's still MLS, you know. Like we're not gonna see ratings drastically grow overnight, you know. Oh, all of a sudden we're gonna see a million people watch. It's gonna have to be gradual. Like, well, you know, I hear, I hear I hear ratings all the time, you know, but like it has to be a gradual. I mean, right. literally, like what two three months ago they're making like what two hundred fifty k. They're gonna jump to a million now. Like, but he, no. here's here's the worry though. The story says this is the third year in a row where viewing numbers on the opening weekend have dropped on Spanish language TV. That's not well, good. Well, well, if on Spanish language TV is that if it's Univision, how many people are actually watching on Univision versus Twitter? Because Twitter is the is where the English is at. Yeah, but you can't. You, Twitter's not taking away that many viewers from TV. I I, I mean. There's maybe you think you look. You, I, I believe when you watch on Twitter, it tells you how many people are watching at a given time. Yeah, I've, I don't I think no I've idea. ever. I don't think I've ever seen it say more than ten thousand people before. Really? I I mean, look, I don't we think might so. get, I, I don't you know. might I, get I, raked. I you might get raked over. I might, I might, a fire as somebody now. who doesn't. As somebody who yeah, well, go ahead at Jake Watroba. <laughs> get at me. As somebody who doesn't watch the Univision broadcast really ever, it. I don't know. It's, I, I, I guess I could be wrong, but like streaming numbers, be, people want to talk about how streaming is affecting TV ratings. It's such a pe- pe- people still use TV over their laptops or their no, I agree. iPhone no, Jake, or I iPad. I one hundred percent agree. It's just like it's just in this specific instance, I feel like it might be it, it, it might be a little bit different because Twitter, I think, is just so much easier. I, to, I don't know. It, everyone has Univision. You know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I don't. I I mean. I have cable, but I don't have the high definition version of Univision. It sucks. It's standard definition. I'm not gonna watch it. Well, okay, sorry. <laughs> and it's in Spanish. So, but here's the other thing, though, too. I mean, weren't we just talking like three weeks ago how the AAF out had better ratings than the NBA on a Saturday night? Yeah. There's something to be taken away uh, from. You know, maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't put these uh, nationally televised games on at nine o'clock at night on a no, Saturday no, or no, no, seven no, no, o'clock no. at night on a Sunday again. You know what I mean? Like maybe I, I get, maybe no. maybe we need to do the NFL model where every game plays at the same time and we have a national game going on. I don't know. It just to me, I feel like you might get better ratings if you had a nationally te- televised game at one o'clock in the afternoon on a, on a Saturday in the spring as opposed to nine o'clock. I mean, I, I get it. The Saturday games are better than the Sunday games, but. I just feel like the, the the chance for ratings would be much higher, you know, having a crowd watching the Premier League go into the go into MLS. Maybe I don't know. Here's the big takeaway with the TV numbers: what games were on? If you were on LAFC Stadium, was rocking. Okay, fantastic crowd, captivated you. DC United in the rain was still pretty good to watch. Obviously, you know what was happening with Seattle. I think Orlando's purple home opener it was good what matters is i know the tv numbers suck but they cannot and should not absolutely put games like fc dallas 
or Chicago or other stadiums where it is empty. That is even worse of a look if the game is doing well. You much rather have a sold out, packed LAFC playing whoever and the game be nil nil than have a half empty stadium where the game is four to three because people will click in and they will notice that nobody's at the game and they will click well, there's right a, through. There's a reason why every Atlanta United home game looks to be on national TV this year. Well, yeah, and there's a and, and and there's a reason why FC Dallas maybe plays like one game on ESPN or F, FS1 and it's on like the road. The, they're away, they're away. Yeah, like the the only, the only games they really play on national television are Unimos, Unimos mm. and Univision uh, matches, and then that's partly due because hey, they have a very you know Latin uh you know Latin friendly Latin feel, and you know those are easier matchups you know for Univision to you know market and stuff like that, like the match they have this weekend. So I think they're already doing that, to be honest with you. Well, guys, I want to ask you this then: Do you think a young budding star in Efrain Alvarez? could impact TV ratings at all? Yes. Yes. I think so too, especially considering he's dual national. Everybody, when he came on, everyone's like, oh my God, a 16-year-old's on. Everybody flocked to their phones or to the TV for the last remainder of the game. And he insist. Like, this is exactly what MLS has been hoping for, is a kid. And never mind, you have the chance to pair him up with Ibrahimovic, who's 38, who's Twice the age of the kid and some. That's insane. We got some good games to watch this weekend, though, guys. I mean, I'm telling you, I'll be at FC Dallas, LA Galaxy. That should be a fun game. We'll see if Luchi Gonzalez's system works out. We'll see if Zlatan's screwed. We'll see if Efrain Alvarez maybe gets another assist or a goal even. Mm. And, and Jake, Jake chose my most interesting team to watch, the Colorado Rapids and Seattle matchup on Saturday night at 10 p.m. Eastern time as a game to watch. Jake, good call right there, man. Great call. I th- I, I thought you would appreciate that, Armand. You, you know you know I love a good – I'm a huge Colorado fan right now, so you're my ESPN Plus team to watch. We also have NYCFC and DC United. Will NYCFC rebound after a disappointing draw against Orlando City? And will DC United continue? That's Sunday at 2 p.m. Central time. And then finally, LAFC Portland. That game's on FS1 at 7.30 Eastern time. Look – LAFC, really hot. And you know Portland can always put up a good challenge against any team. Some great matchups to watch this weekend. Fast-paced, shifty movement, brilliant skill. It's the counterattack with Jake Wittrobo. It's counterattack time here on Uncle Sam Soccer Podcast. We are going international uh, this week here. Let's start off in Europe with the Champions League. Guys, did you, uh, did you get, get a chance to watch Champions League at all this week? Yeah. Ajax, the team yeah. of the future. Yeah, let me ask you guys this. More eye-opening comeback. Ajax going uh, down, going to Real and beating Madrid, or United down two nil two nil on aggregate, going into Paris and beating PSG. Uh, Armand, I'll let you actually take this one first. I'm curious to see what you say. I don't have to say Ajax. Like 
I know Real has kind of been uh, on the down this year, but I mean, that Ajax win was phenomenal for a team that everyone says they develop stars and get rid of them and then they can't compete. They played an outstanding matchup. I mean, what was it? Was it Dusan Tadic? He was fantastic out there. No, I, it was fantastic, I, yeah. I would, I, I have to say, like, United over PSG, like, okay, I mean, United was you no know, injury battled, you know, whatever, but Ajax, man, like, that, that, that was wow. I couldn't believe it. I thought PSG's loss was more atrocious. I thought when the original bracket came out and Ajax was paired with Real Madrid, I texted a buddy of mine. I said, wouldn't be surprised if Ajax pulled the upset just because Real Madrid are in turmoil. And I, I do think United's win at the Parc de Prince, having to score all those games, uh, goals on the road. Remember, PSG had the two road goals in their pockets. I thought that was more impressive an Ajax win against Sergio Ramos in Real Madrid was, you know, I thought you could have predicted that and not been that crazy to say something like that. What about you, Jake? I kind of, I kind of agree with you, Steven. I, th- I thought uh, from the first leg of Ajax-Real Madrid, Ajax outplayed Real Madrid and were very unlucky to leave Amsterdam down a goal. Uh, what's with PSG, by the way, blowing commanding leads in the Champions League? Oh, that's 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 never gonna leave them. That is forever that's an omen. A, that's a mentality thing, right there. Is that too, is it, was was it last year they lost the the lead to Barcelona? Is that was that two, was years, that, ago. two years ago? Two, two years, years ago. ago. Okay. Wait, wait, uh, wait. Get this stat. Get this stat. Transfer money spent since 2011. Armand, can you tell me how much PSG has spent since 2011? What, like 500 million? No, 1.15 billion dollars. Zero Champions League semifinal appearances. Yikes! Yikes! Anyway, move it on, Jake. Money, money well spent. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's keep it in Europe here. Uh, according to the tabloids, uh, Jose Mourinho is on his way to Real Madrid. Yep. Is this a good hire, or yes. is this, would this be a good move for Real Madrid? They need something, man. They need something. They need somebody with a backbone. Jose Mourinho will put it back in them. Do you? So you don't think the game has passed Jose by? No, 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 not at all. He'll adapt. He'll learn. He has to. If not, his his legacy will just be tarnished. Yeah, well, we'll see, uh, I guess, if Jose is still the special one if he does land that job at Real Madrid. Yeah. All right, let's move it on to another Champions League team here. Let's talk about a little Tottenham Hotspurs. Fellas, is this team good enough to make it to the semis? No. Too much quality across Europe. You're an Arsenal fan. You're so biased. You... <laughs> Tottenham could like be the best team in the world. And you're like, nah, they're not gonna get out of the group. Well, you're not wrong. So, I, I want I want an unbiased take from our resident Manchester City fan, <laughs> Armand Kafai. Bandwagon. It, uh, yeah, you wish. Um, Band. I think I think they have I think they have uh, they have a chance. I mean, come on. They're healthy. Right. They're healthy. They're, they're healthy. They're good. Uh, Mauricio Pochettino is a hell of a coach. Like, come on. He should be the one going to Real Madrid. I was just going to ask you, any chance that he is the one who lands at Real Madrid? No. If you, if you, okay, if, if, if you're going to put the odds, is it what? 45% Jose, 20% Mauricio Pochettino, and then whatever the... 100% Zidane. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess the next question here is, for them, is it more important to go as far as they can in the Champions League? And this is also applies to Liverpool, too. Is it more important for these two teams to go as far as they possibly can in the Champions League or make sure they do as well as possible in the Premier League? Uh, Liverpool, I believe, sets two points back 
Manchester City in the table, and Tottenham is there uh, in third place with Manchester United nipping at their heels. What do you guys think? For for Liverpool, the it league. is league. For champ, yeah, for Tottenham is uh, Champions League. Agreed. Jake, your thoughts? I think it's the, I think it's the league for both of them. To be quite honest with you. Interesting. Huh. Move it on. Move it on though. Let's uh, let's let's kind of go. Let's go back to this side of the hemi- uh, the world here on the Western Hemisphere. Let's talk a little Concacaf Champions League. Oh again, baby. We are recording again on Wednesday night. So, uh, for anybody looking to get any reaction on the Atlanta Monterey game, you will not get that tonight. So, guys, Houston Dynamo, are they cooked? They lose to T-Grace 2-0 yesterday. And New York Rebels fall to Santos Laguna 2-0 as well. Both of these games were in New York and Houston, respectively. Are these two teams cashed? Let me let me explain this to you guys. MLS in the CONCACAF Champions League can be summed up with one word. Sucked. Okay? Every team has sucked in the CONCACAF Champions League. They will continue to suck in the CONCACAF Champions League until MLS can figure out a way to get them some competitive games earlier on so they're not going into a preseason uh, with a preseason form into games that mean something and have to figure out how to play tournament football. They have well, all well, sucked. Steven, they're starting the season earlier, I think, next year. Well, we'll see what that means. I don't buy um... it. Houston is cooked. Red Bull is probably cooked. What about uh, SKC? They are down 2-1. They're have they fine. They're going to score and they'll move on. They'll play full-strength lineup and they'll move on. Okay, perfect. And again, as I mentioned earlier, Monterey is playing Atlanta right now, so we will not react on that game. Last topic here on the counterattack. Let's talk a little Barcelona. Barcelona president Josep Maria Bartomeu says Usman Dembele is a better player than PSG forward Neymar, who he was signed to replace in 2017. Is this not the most like preposterous thing you guys have heard? Yeah, this is. I don't know what. Hey, going it's on bu- it's buying into your own hype, bro. You gotta hype up your players somehow. I guess. It's Neymar. He's like one of like the five best players in the world. Dem- Dembele. He's I, he's been okay. I mean, he's he's performing well, but it's not the level Neymar would with the. At Barcelona with Messi and Suarez and whatever else they would put together, Coutinho. I mean, it's apples and oranges is Neymar, now. Is Neymar the okay? Let me ask you guys this: Is Neymar the best player on his team at PSG? No, no. And has Mbappe passed him? Yeah, clearly. And Mbappe has passed him. <laughs> okay, well okay, that wraps that's up. That's it. That's it. We're wrapping it up. All right, Mbappe at that, on that one. <laughs> On that note, we are done for the day. <laughs> Make sure you follow us on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod. Make sure you follow uh, Pupe's biggest fan, Armand Kafai, <laughs> on Twitter at Armand Kafai. Follow Steven Jodran, your resident Euro snob, at Steven Jodran. And you can follow myself at Jake Watroba. For Armand, for Steven, I'm Jake. We will talk to you guys next time. Go follow Pupe. And Pupe. My local coffee shop is my Penn State World Campus classroom, giving me the full Penn State experience online. My Penn State classroom is getting me to where I want to be. Click on the ad or visit worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. 
Come stay and play at Live Casino and Hotel. Welcome to one of the biggest casinos in the country with luxurious clean rooms, upscale dining, and the grandest payouts. Now offering stay and play and all in packages, including $50 free slot play, VIP parking, VIP casino access, and more. Book now at livecasino.com or call 443-445-2929 at Arundel Mills. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgambling.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER.